0: What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Alphabet Sports Betting Podcast, where I talk to bettors from all walks of life about their struggles, successes, and betting philosophy. If you'd like to become a better better, DM me on Instagram at YenCityCA for an invite to our free sports betting community where we're talking shop around the clock. And now, let's get to the action. Smitty, my man, are you on? Yes, sir. Hey, how's it going, buddy? How are you?
1: Good, man. How are you?
0: Good, good. Okay, so we're just going to hop right into it. And uh, let, let's kind of start it off easy. Why don't we uh, get a little bit of your origin story? Kind of where are you from? What you do outside sports betting? How did you get into betting eventually? Kind of that that first simple stuff.
1: Oh, sure. Um, well, I've been doing it my whole life. And I'm currently a, a middle-aged dude. Um, I started doing it before we had the internet so that gives you an idea about uh where i am in age at the moment um but <laughs> like yeah but yeah my whole life uh i've been into it um starting with with just a love of football um back in the day as, as a kid growing up um and then it kind of grew from there but um as far as twitter goes I've, I've been on twitter since 2016 um which isn't really that long of a, a period of time but um, I just, I figured that I, well, I had a Twitter account just as like a regular person, Twitter account, you know, nothing to do with gambling, Twitter or pics or anything like that. Just a regular social media account. And it just kind of got old and stale and kind of got on my nerves and I deleted it and I was gone for about a year. Um, And then I started at the same time to kind of lose, I think some of the passion for, uh, for sports betting. Um, And I thought, well, maybe if I got back into Twitter and I found myself in this little sphere that we all call gambling Twitter and I started putting my picks out there on a public platform, um, maybe, you know, the fear of not wanting to embarrass myself with these picks might kind of give me a little bit of a boost. Um, and it did, it reinvigorated kind of, you know, what, what I love to do. And, you know, the fact that I'm passionate for it and taking a break was good. Getting onto Twitter was good. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of been that way, you know, ever since.
0: Cool. Um, and so what do you like, are you, um, I guess you're not a student anymore cause you're uh, older like myself. So do you do this full time or do you have kind of other work on the side?
1: No, I have a day job. Um, unfortunately, um, well, not unfortunately cause I like what I do, but, uh, yeah, I still have a day job. I'm not a professional like, uh, like some of the guys on, on the platform. Um, but it is what I've, what I've become passionate about. Um, I like my day job. I like my work, but, um, I like doing this just as much.
0: What kind of work do you do if you don't mind us asking?
1: Oh, I'm in education. Um, so yeah, so I kind of, I kind of live my life on the academic calendar, which, uh, which has been a nice thing, um, in my life. So I got, you know, some time off here and there and my hours aren't super crazy and they're always sort of, locked in in terms of you know being the same consistently every day
0: so uh you're in education so do you find like a pretty nice overlap do you find kind of um that you're more prone to teaching rather than just giving picks trying to kind of like help people uh figure out a process as opposed to just providing straight picks
1: um well maybe a little bit of both um i'm not overtly like trying to provide my process or Um, I don't do a lot of write-ups like I know some guys do, um, in terms of, you know, their picks and their thought process, but, you know, DMs are always open and, uh, I always respond to people's questions. Um, you know, I don't ignore people when they reach out, um, you know, whether it's a question or a comment or what have you. So, uh, I'm pretty open in that regard, um, in terms of uh, talking to people, um, and just kind of going with the flow content wise.
0: Right. And you mentioned your, your process there. Uh, do you, would you like to share it with us now? Kind of what do you do? What's your general process when you're looking at picks? Are you more of like a mix of your own knowledge of the sport with trends? Or are you more heavily towards the data side? How do you roll?
1: I try to, well, I try to incorporate, uh, you know, all of those things in, into the process. Um, you know, by looking at, you know, where these lines are opening and, and where they're moving and um, knowing what you know about teams. Um, I'm not a total numbers guy. I'm not completely analytical in that sense. I mean, I I still think it's important to watch games and and know these teams um, regardless of what league uh, or, or, you know, what sport you're talking about. But uh, I think it's just a mix of both. Um, You know, seeing where these numbers are and what kind of value you're getting. Um, And I know this past summer, there's been a lot of, you know, debate about the idea of value you know, value and, and, and plus lines and, you know, being plus EV and, you know, people kind of argued about that this summer about, you know, clothing line value and things of that nature. Um, and I, I don't let one particular thing sort of guide me. Um, I just, I try to use all of those things and take them into account and then, and then see where, you know, what the board's going to offer us for that night. Um, Cause I'm mostly into hockey. I mean, I, I'm, I'm into college football as well, but like college football is a different beast than than the NHL, you know, because the NHL, you, it's like baseball. I mean, you're you're grinding these things out every single night, and there's so many games, and there's so much variance involved with those games on a nightly basis. So you got to take those things into account, and you'll have ebbs and flows. But um, you, you got to kind of be in it for the long haul. I think that's what you know people. I hope realize is that we're, none of us are getting rich quick. I mean, we're not. This isn't you know the Powerball. But um, okay.
0: So why hockey? Why? Because uh, I know you post a lot. You post CFL, which is interesting uh, because many mm-hmm. people like, do that. And you're
1: American or you're, you're in America? I am. I am both. <laughs>
0: okay. uh, you said like I, I remember in your Twitter profile it said like northerner. So I guess you're talking northern US and now living in. Yes. The South.
1: Yeah, some of these old southerners would refer to me as a Yankee, um, okay. so and, and, your- and maybe not in a nice way. What's that?
0: So I guess two point question is like, why NHL? And then how'd you get into CFL? Because not many Americans are posting CFL plays.
1: Right. Uh, NHL simply because I love the sport. Um, that was kind of, you know, one of my first loves was the Pittsburgh Penguins growing up in, in Western PA, which is where I'm from. Um, you know, and, and having a guy like Mario Lemieux, you know, and getting to watch him play hockey every night. Um, it was just incredible. So I fell in love with the sport of hockey, um, but I didn't start betting it until about 10 years ago. Um, so I, I loved the sport as a fan, and then I tried to uh, start to get into it more as an investor, so to speak, um, but that's only been about a decade or so. Um, but it grew out of the love of the sport. And, I mean, as for CFL, um, I get I get kind of bored in the summertime with sports because I'm not a big baseball guy. Um, I'm not I'm not into baseball. I don't really like to watch it. I'm certainly not going to try to cap it. So but I also like to try to just learn some new things um, and just try to teach myself some new stuff and and find some smart people on Twitter that I can talk to about new stuff. And there were a lot of guys who helped me uh, learn CFL. And so it's just it's just that idea of just not wanting to get stale and wanting to continue to grow and, and learn new things learn new sports um, figure out new angles and see if those things can apply across different sports um, that it, it, I just find those things interesting so CFL's been it's been pretty fun it's been yeah. pretty fun
0: and so are you a big NFL guy are you planning on putting out a lot of content for NFL
1: no I have found uh, I mean one of the things I think it's important, at least for me, is to recognize where your weaknesses are. And the NFL, unfortunately, has been one of my weaknesses. Um, It's not, I'm not a very strong NFL better. I've been at somewhere between 45 and like 51% over the past couple of years, which is not good. So um, I've, I've stopped really concentrating on it um, and moved more towards college football which I have found to be much better at in the, in the last, like, five years. Um, so I focus my my plays, um, I, I focus my betting plays more on Saturday than I do Sunday. And then on Sunday, I'm kind of like the rest of the country. You know, I kind of, you know, I lock in my fantasy football lineups and, you know, that kind of thing and, and have, you know, have a little bit of fun without the, the pressure, you know, on Sunday. So I focus on Saturday now, so more than Sundays.
0: So why do you feel like you have a bigger edge? What is it about college football that you find uh, kind of more appealing?
1: I think, well, for me, I, I think it's been two things. Um, number one, there's, there's so many more teams. Um, and the talent gap between a lot of those teams is really, really big. Um, and you can, you can find those, those inefficiencies in the market um, reflected in, in a lot of the lines on Saturday. On Sunday, I think it's twofold. One, I, I have a lot of biases as it applies to NFL fandom. You know that I think even when I try to eliminate them from the process, they sort of like subconsciously sneak back in there, um, and I think that has hindered my my ability to 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 grow with NFL. Plus, I I think I mean you may agree or not agree, but NFL lines are razor sharp, razor sharp. Um, I mean, I think they're they're the they're the sharpest lines of, across any sport, um, and so it's 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 really difficult. So at least for me, and so my hats are off to to the guys who find success in the NFL every fall. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty impressive.
0: Right, and that that's pretty awesome to have that kind of self awareness and self discipline to realize like, hey, this isn't my forte. There's no reason to to kind of push uh, against the flow, and I think that's a lot of. I think we all as sports betters at the very least um, forget capping, but just as sports betters. We all kind of have that where uh, I've had multiple times in our discord group this year where I said, okay, this is a bad day. I don't think I'm going to play anything uh, mostly in in baseball. I don't think I'm going to play anything. And then the day wears on and I'm like, oh, okay, just four plays. And then all four plays lose. And it's just like, "Come on!" you knew that was a bad spot. Why are you taking it?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that key word is discipline and it's really hard. I mean, a discipline is a hard thing to have when it comes to, to sports betting, because, especially with the NFL, because I mean, as sports fans, pretty much everybody loves the NFL. I mean, we all do. We all love football. We all love Sundays. Um, and so you kind of want to be a part of it. You kind of want to, 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 to be good at it or maybe to have some action in it. Um, and because most people love it so much, they feel like they could probably be good at it. Um, and a lot of them are, but I realized, You know, at least after a couple of seasons um, of what it felt like, you know, banging my head against the wall and kind of getting nowhere was this isn't, you know, for whatever reason, this isn't working for me. But there's a lot of other sports. There's a lot of other games. I mean, there's a there's a lot of opportunities, you know, to uh, to do other things. And so I felt like there was just no reason for me to keep forcing that issue when I feel like I'm pretty good in other areas. Right.
0: And yeah, I think that's super important trying to, to bring value to anybody listening, especially newer betters who are kind of like trying to, to work out their process, is to really hone in on your skill, uh, figure out what you're best at, and then kind of put all your effort into improving in that one thing until you get that, that down pat. And then once you have that, then you can start to explore a little bit, kind of taste a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But you, you got to put the baseline or you're going to be in trouble. You're never going to make it through an entire year. Um, and so I think that's the same, same thing you're talking about. I did with NBA, where I really, I felt that was my biggest edge. And I really felt like I locked that down before I started exploring. Uh, And so I really uh, like that you have that kind of discipline and self-awareness and, um, on that same topic, how do you kind of treat bankroll management and how important do you see it? Uh, what advice do you give to people when you talk about it?
1: Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know what you can really tell people about bankroll management that um, they, they, they shouldn't already know. I mean, if you're an adult, you have a budget, you know, in your life, you, you know, you have, you have X amount of money coming in and you've got Y amount of money going out in terms of what you need to pay for on a weekly or monthly basis. Like every one of us is, is budgeting, you know what I mean? And so your bankroll should should be the same. You should treat it the same way. Um, and I don't care if you're betting ten bucks a game or if you're betting a thousand bucks a game. I mean, it's all it's relative in that regard. So, you know, when we I see guys, you know, the you know the Twitter's you know famous for you know we got the you know twenty unit max bomb play and you know we got the fifty unit play of the year coming up and it's like every day. Oh, it's so dumb. I mean, it's so dumb. And I hope that. Uh, you know, as gambling Twitter expands and grows and, and and there's more and more smart people saturating that market. I hope that other guys who may be new to it or, or just kind of getting into it or just learning about it are realizing that, you know, that whole 50 unit, 10 unit, 20 unit max play bull crap is, is for the birds. I mean, it's just dumb. So, you know, I'm one unit plays for the most part. I get to two units here and there. And if I throw out a three unit play, I'm probably losing sleep because I'm already nervous about it. That's about as high as I, I will will go in terms of what I'm willing to risk on any given play.
0: So you're flat betting, you have a set budget, you're not risking more than you can afford to lose. You kind of I'm a little bit kind of speaking for you, so stop me if any of this is incorrect. Um, you understand that kind of any bet is potentially a losing bet. There's no such thing as lock of the year. I mean, Anytime I hear lock of the year, I'll just like instantly block or mute.
1: (laughs) I mean, this is a, this is a rare business because you, you know, you have to remember that if, if you're losing at a 45% rate, you're actually doing okay. Like you're doing pretty good, you know? So, um, that's, that's the thing. Like you're, you're going to lose, you know, around 45% of the time, or, you know, or less if, if you're doing, if you're doing great. So, um, yeah, you, we, I don't know anybody who goes into these things thinking that, you know, every day is going to be a four and O day or a three and one day. Cause it's not, and you have to be able to, you know, withstand and get through those down times where you have a week or even two weeks or, or maybe longer where, you know, you're, you're not firing well and, and you're not seeing the board too clearly. And, you know, you got to shake that off and you got to be able to come out the other side of that tunnel. Um, right. And so if you're chasing or if you're upping your units, you know, while you're going through things like that, you're only asking for trouble down the line.
0: Right. And that's like a super important point that, that I constantly harp on in discord is don't chase. Like once you've lost the bet, you, that money is not yours. And people will be like, oh, OK, I need I need a good bet for today because yesterday I lost three units. I got to get that back. Like, no, dude, that money's not yours anymore. There's nothing to get back. Your bankroll right. is what's hitting in your account right now. And based on that, like everybody has their own style. For me, it's divide that number that's in your account by a one, one, one of those, that's one unit right there. 1% of your overall bankroll, that's a unit. So whether you want to play two units, three units, or just one unit, that's it. And don't be looking at what I had last week. I need like people have weekly cash out. So they're really concerned about a week to week basis. And there's no way that's going to be profitable long-term. You can't think about it in a week. You tell them all the time you know we're, we're gonna if you like doing this now you're gonna like doing it in five years so why not right. set yourself up for then as opposed to trying to get rich quick like you said before
1: which is right. hilarious
0: that you said that because we have a that's our motto is get rich
1: slow uh, in, in uh, yeah uh, that's 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 pretty perfect actually i might have to steal that from you that's a good one
0: <laughs> i've been waiting to put that on a t-shirt for a while so it's it's gonna happen soon nice and okay, so yeah, so since we mentioned uh, gambling Twitter, let's kind of talk about the state. How do you feel about paid services, and um, what should people look for if they're gonna if they decided to go that route?
1: Um, I have nothing against paid services. I really don't um i'm not I'm not one of those guys who cares to argue about you know free Twitter versus tout or paid Twitter. I mean if you're good at something and you can provide a service that is going to be beneficial for people, then I don't begrudge anybody who, who charges for it. Um, I mean, not at all. So, I, I, you know, if people go that route, that's, that's great. That's fine with me. Um, but in choosing, you know, someone, um, you, I would just, you know, you got to look for past records, um, you got to look at, you know, things that have been verified that, you know, for a fact are legitimate in terms of win loss records, units, one returns on investment, closing line value, the things that might be important to you as, as an investor, you know, you find those things and you ask those questions. I mean, if you're going to invest your money with someone who provides picks or with a team, you know, or a group who provides picks, then ask, a, ask a lot of questions. I mean, It's kind of what you would do in any other aspect of life before you probably drop down a chunk of change, you know, on something you would ask a lot of questions. You want to be as well-informed as possible about what it is you're actually getting for your money in terms of the product. So, and if guys aren't willing to answer those questions, or if you feel like they're not being completely forthcoming with their answers, then I would steer clear. Um, It's just kind of as simple as that. Right.
0: And um, I'll add a bit because I'm a bit closer to the other side where uh, people uh, know me from my social media that I I have a a stopping touts hashtags and I'm I'm pretty against it. But um, I think we're actually in the same line of thinking. Um, And the reason I'm so against it is just because there's so much crap out there that I think it's really I think people don't do a good job of finding the ones that they should pay for. Of course, there's going to be a couple of good guys that you can you can pay for and still be have a positive expectation. The problem is the problem is that those guys are like five percent of the field, and you have to find them. And people are so bad at doing that that I think just don't pay anybody, and that'll keep you safe until you kind of figure it out a little bit for yourself, and then maybe down the line you can think about it. And also, there's the yeah, danger try. where when you pay for it, you think, oh, this guy's an expert, and then that you load up on their picks, and that guy could be ass he could be just horrible and so i think it's more the fear of somebody getting smoked uh following some bad advice that that puts me into the kind of mindset of don't pay anybody until you figure mm-hmm. it out don't pay anybody so kind of really difference
1: if guys are gonna I, I think also if guys are gonna provide you know these, these paid services um then at at any point they should be willing and able to talk to their customers as well. You know, whether it's questions about plays, whether it's questions about, like you mentioned earlier, bankroll management. Um, you know, I, I think that there should be, I know transparency gets used a lot, probably overused, but you know, like there should be a, a good open line of communication between, you know, the people who have these clients. I mean, and I don't know if that, that actually exists because you're right. The market is so, I mean, it's Twitter, it's gambling Twitter. And I mean, guys, you know, you look at when you know people just join Twitter and then start selling plays, you know, and they're looking at trying to sell plays. And you see when their Twitter account was created, and it was like April of 2019. And you're like, you know, like how can you give that? How do you know what that guy is capable of when he's literally only been posting these plays for maybe a month and a half, two months? You know what I mean? So right.
0: that's a perfect red flag.
1: You just got to do your homework, I think. But I, I think, you know, those guys are out there and, and uh, you know, they probably get sort of a a bad rap as well because I think a lot of touts just get lumped into the same pile together, um, which, you know, there's there's always going to be good and bad in, in any field, you know. And it's like, you're right. It's just you got to weed it out and do your homework if you really want to go that route. But, like, yeah, there's lots of free guys as well. I mean, there's there's tons of guys on Twitter. Um who are who are free and, you know, who have historically, you know, they're better than me. I mean, I'm not the best and I don't pretend to be the best. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of options on Twitter. It's like the wild west out there. You got to really, you know, do your homework and pay attention.
0: Right. And coming from, for myself, from poker and day trading background, uh, crypto, I kind of saw this whole movement happen. This is the third time I'm seeing of kind of a new thing take hold. And now all the scam artists are out here, So I think it's really important to kind of look for red flags. So look for guys, like you said, who are new, who are too new to be selling picks. Look for guys who don't post any free picks. That's usually a red flag. Look for guys who, when they post a losing play, they never recap it that night or the next day. But when they post the winning ones, they'll always recap that. That's a huge red flag for me. Uh, Someone, actually, I won't mention her name, but somebody I I kind of, uh, someone who's in a really public, uh, as far as sports betting picks, i literally just said what's your accounting record because she was doing some kind of promotion and she wrote back like super angry if you weren't so rude i would have sent it to you privately by email how how is i rude i literally just asked for your record so anything like people getting super defensive i'd say red flag watch yourself move on to the next one there's always another person behind
1: that's a good point i mean like if you that's what i was saying earlier about asking questions you know like it, it ask, ask 20, 30, 50, ask as many questions as you need to ask in order to feel comfortable before you give these people your money. And if they're going to respond in such a manner where it comes off as totally defensive or I've seen people ask, you know, just general questions about year-to-date records and get a block as an immediate <laughs> response, which, uh, you know, it's just crazy. So, you know, there's lots of people on Twitter who are literally just trying to, to make quick money by selling garbage picks and, and so you know, like I said, I think good guys are out there, um both free and and talented, but it's just you know yeah, weeding through it is tough it's tough
0: and I'm going to try and feature a couple of the paid guys um, at the beginning ones that i I've already kind of sussed out a little bit, but later on, I think we'll we'll kind of bring any of them on and just have a conversation and let the kind of public kind of deem it for themselves whether they get a good vibe or a bad vibe uh kind of ask sure. the questions that they should be asking and kind of show what what the process should be like of trying to find someone like that
1: yeah and as uh, i mean it's only going to get worse well worse might be the wrong word but it's, it's only going to get more sort of all-encompassing and more saturated as as you know gambling becomes legal in, in all of these states you know it's just going to be more and more guys um who are on platforms like twitter you know so it's not it's not going to shrink. It's only going to probably explode in the next couple of years.
0: And eventually it'll make full circle where, where kind of the, the cream will rise to the top. Once it's become oversaturated, everybody gets scammed for a while. This is just what happens in poker, what happens in crypto. And eventually people realize, oh, I shouldn't just be flinging my money at any old person who, who's selling pics on Twitter. And the cream starts to rise. So, you know, we still got yeah. a good five years to get there at least, but um, hopefully one day you're right okay so uh i guess we can move on from that so maybe some more uh exciting stuff have you ever had like any kind of big scores or any big losses or close calls something you know give the people what they want the action stories
1: <laughs> um there's well I, I mean i don't there's there's not like one or two that kind of stick out um like too too much um the a bad one that just recently occurred. I mean, I I put one of the biggest wagers I've laid in the last several years um, on the Boston Bruins to win the Stanley Cup against the St. Louis Blues, right. and then you know, watching them lose Game Seven on home ice was, you know, that was that was depressing. That one hurt for for a little while because, um, like I said, it was one of the bigger bigger uh, investments I had made, and then. It did not, it did not pan out. Um, so that one, that one's done, but hockey's just, you gotta have, you gotta have the stomach for, for NHL. <laughs> you, you really, you know, like you, you really have to have some intestinal fortitude, um, cause it's a long season and you'll sit there, you know, and watch, you know, pucks go in off of skates and you'll watch bad bounces take place and you'll watch bad calls happen and, you know, like, and it's night to night, it's game to game. So, I mean, it's not like some things stick out over over others, but, you know, like just that whole up and down of hockey, um, it's a roller coaster for sure. And I think every season that I've been on Twitter, I've taken a little bit of a break, you know, somewhere around like Christmas time or right around January, um, just to kind of step away for a little bit, whether I'm doing bad or, or whether I'm not, you know, not doing so well, uh, that's not the point. The point is just to get away for a little bit um, and come back, refresh, recharge, because you don't want to burn yourself out. Um, I, I imagine guys who, who do baseball or do the NBA uh, maybe feel a similar thing because the sports are so similar in terms of their season and how many games there are. But, you know, just making sure to not get burned out is pretty important.
0: And, and people actually, uh, recreational bettors actually look at it backwards. Uh, I know I've, I've spoken to friends who just kind of passively bet hockey for fun and they think they're building an edge as the season goes on. And I, I try and kind of keep reminding them, you, if you're building an edge, then the books and the multi-million dollar operation, they're building a bigger edge. So you thinking that you have a bigger edge and there's some studies, I, I maybe I'll try and find the link and post it in the show notes, but I found some studies where the first, uh, the preseason and the beginning of, of basically every major sport, that's where you have the most edge and you have the most chance because there's the most randomness, which is what we want when we're going up against multi-million dollar operations and against the books and everything like that. As the season progresses, they have more and more data to pump into their models. Lines become extremely tough. And that's what we're seeing right now in baseball, where the last like month has just been kind of just crazy. It's, it's been very, very difficult compared to yeah. the beginning. So I think right. that's an important thing that kind of newer players should recognize that your edge is usually at the beginning of the season. If you know the sport, uh, not so much later.
1: Right. And uh, yeah, it does. It does get more difficult as, as those long seasons uh, progress. And so when you find your pro when you find the process or, the, you know, like with the secret ingredients that, that work for you and, and you know that they work for you, you just have to then find yourself being more and more selective as the seasons progress. Um, cause one of my big problems, I remember when I first started out with hockey, uh, years ago was that, um, volume, it was just too much volume. You know, I would, I would play too many games, um, on a single slate, uh, until I realized, you know, the board is this big pretty much every night. We don't have to play five, six, even seven games, you know, a night because it's not going to be a sustainable thing. So, um, Becoming, you know, lowering your volume and then becoming more, even more selective as the season progresses um, is important. But it's also very hard to do because then you get back into that idea of discipline that we were talking about a minute ago. And, you know, it's just it, it, it takes practice, um, it takes mental practice to do that. Right.
0: And, and discipline and, and also patience is the other big one.
1: Oh, yeah. Patience. I mean, and not, not, not a lot of us have it, you know, like it's a hard thing to develop um right when that line
0: is just like just outside where you think there's value and it's like you know you know it should you shouldn't be taking it more than like plus three and let's say nfl and it's uh, only a plus two and you're like ah let me just it's close enough well
1: it's close yeah (laughs) right exactly that's exactly how it needs to be right
0: and uh, speaking of Uh, A lot of stuff that happens in NFL, like I just saw BR Betting post uh, some kind of giant parlays. And I've actually posted when when my guys in in chat uh, bink a parlay I'll post it. But I always make sure in the caption to kind of or in the comments to talk about the fact that parlays are inherently unprofitable. So just want to get your take on parlays. Do you use them? How do you view them? That sort of thing.
1: No, I don't. I don't use them. I just leave them alone. Um, No, I don't. I don't worry about them. I just don't um, understand math or they don't appeal to you or what? Both. I mean they cause it just every you know, especially if you look at like a, a money line parlay on a Sunday, right? And you're like, Well, the Chiefs, the Steelers and the Patriots, right? I can I can parlay those three teams on the money line and it'll come in at like even because 'cause they're heavy favorites, it's you know, it's still minus one fifteen or minus one twenty, but you think to yourself, Well, there's no possible way that the Chiefs, Steelers and Patriots are going to lose today and if it were that easy then you know the casinos wouldn't be as nice as they are right they they wouldn't look that nice um so it's not that easy so I just I don't even bother thinking about them um or, or trying to ponder them I just try to you know stick with with what has got me there in the beginning awesome Okay,
0: so I guess we can kind of uh, start to round out here. So, ba- basically, for those starting out in sports betting right now, which is a ton of people, because with New Jersey uh, passing it through and uh, PA uh, just approving it, and it's slowly going to work its way across the country. What's, what, what advice would you give them, or even something you would give yourself when you were starting out? I'm sure we've covered a little bit about it, but if you had to, if somebody came to you and really uh, needed some good advice on starting out, what would you give them or what would you have given yourself early on when you were starting out?
1: Um, probably a couple th- I mean, l- talk to and listen to smart people. Um, Cause you don't know everything there is to know. I sure as hell don't know everything there is to know. And that's one of the reasons why I like Twitter is because there are smart people out there who are probably willing to talk to you and answer some of your questions. If you just approach them, and, and, you know in a polite way um so so talk to smart people and do your homework um cuz there's probably going to be some trial and error and, and take it slow at the beginning um don't don't come in there you know guns blazing like you're going to you know triple your your bankroll over a weekend cuz you're not um you're more likely to lose that entire bankroll over the weekend if you come flying in like that you know jumping off the top rope so to speak so take your time do your homework have patience, talk to smart people and and find the process that works for you. Like my process is not going to work for everybody. And there will be people who think, Oh, I wouldn't pay attention to this thing or that thing that Smitty does, but you got to find it for yourself. Um, And that's trial and error and that's hard work and that's patience. So you, you need those three things. All right. But use Twitter as a, as a, as a thing that can help. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of smart guys out there who are willing to talk about these things. So, so find them and talk and, and, you know, Take it slow.
0: Right. Awesome. That's awesome advice. And I'll add one one thing is protect your bankroll at all costs. So number oh, yeah. one. Like it when your bankroll is done, you're done, obviously. So there's no shame in betting quarter units, half units, whatever, when you're starting out. There's no shame. I tell this to guys in my Discord all the time. Paper trade. Just bet without betting money. Just go to an app like the uh, uh, Sports Action, sports, what is it called? Whatever it's called uh the, the bet lab what bet labs one put in your picks and just watch over a seat over a month over a season even and just see how you do you don't have to come in and try and get rich quick
1: no that's the biggest mistake and i think that's what you know gets a lot of people into quick trouble and then they try to find quick results and that's just not how this business works the,
0: yeah the number of people who have gone from from zero to hero uh quickly is um so low it's not even worth mentioning
1: correct (laughs) correct
0: and uh okay and uh, time probably for the most important question of all and i I know you're not a a huge nba guy but maybe you'll have a hot take on this who is the nba goat and if you say kobe i'll just give you a warning you're not welcome back on the show
1: (laughs) so of of all time nba goat of all time or at least in our era um that's michael Jordan. no, it's Michael Jordan. I'll, I'll go. It's it's MJ.
0: Okay. And you're like a a, a very uh, confident MJ over, for example, LeBron. That's the big conversation. I don't even know how Kobe's in that conversation, but okay. Uh, it's generally in this day and age, it's Kobe, LeBron, MJ. Those are the three in the discussion. Are you like heavily, heavily in the Jordan camp?
1: Yes, and that's. Yeah. I'm probably. I'm I'm quite biased, though. I mean, in terms of you know when I grew up and who I got to watch, but. Yeah. MJ playing in the era that MJ played in. Yeah. And then to be able to do what he did. I mean, I don't have to rehash all of Michael Jordan's accomplishments. I mean, we all know what they are, but yeah, give me MJ.
0: Okay. we got one one for MJ. We're going to make this a a new, a new thing and we're going to keep a list. So we got one for MJ. We're starting out with one MJ, one for the goat. Nice. Okay.
1: I'm I'm happy to be the first vote.
0: Yeah. You're the first vote. Okay. Uh, so fine. Well, first off before the final thing, uh, I want to say a big thank you, big shout out to you. If you guys want to follow Smitty, uh, the, his Twitter is NHL Picks Two, the number two NHL Picks Two. Uh, go check him out. Everything he does, I believe, is 100% free. I don't think you have any paid anything. Um, and so, a great follow. Seems like a great guy. Talks about empathy, which is uh, you have empathy in your header, uh, which I love. Um, and so, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming. And finally, as they say in the DM. Got any picks?
1: Uh, I think so. I think uh, we're going to go with Saskatchewan minus two and a half tonight in the CFL. Um, I haven't made it an official play on, on my uh, timeline as of yet, but uh, I'm leaning quite heavily in that direction. So I think that we're going to pull the trigger on that one uh, in the next half hour or so.
0: Awesome. And uh, if, the, if this podcast doesn't get out in time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on a little like image uh, as your pick, uh, and post that so that people get to, get to act on that or look into it if they want. Um, even if, if, if this doesn't come out till tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. Okay, cool.
0: Thanks so much. I know you're going on vacation now, so, uh, your tweeting will probably be a bit less. So anybody who's a new follow, just keep that in mind. I think you're, you're, you're heading out for a week or so.
1: That's true. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be on the beach. I'll probably send some, uh, craft beer picks while I'm on the beach with uh, the hashtag summering, uh, which is always fun.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, look forward to having you on again, uh, especially once NHL season uh, comes up. And uh, best of luck, man. Enjoy the vacation.
1: Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's always fun to talk to to, to smart dudes. So I appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Cheers, buddy. Have a good day. Take care.
1: All right, man. See you.
0: All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much to my guests for coming on and sharing some knowledge with us. If you'd like to join our free sports betting community and talk with the man himself, make sure to DM me on Instagram at YancityCA for an invite. Until next time, bet safe
1: and run good.